Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and tonight we have a special guest, our executive producer and my brother, Marco. How you doing, Marco? Hey, everybody. How is everyone tonight doing? Uh, I'm sure everyone is fine. We got Colette joining us on Facebook. Welcome to all you guys. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you want to be a part of our live audience and want more information about our show, please visit us at deadtalklive.com. This show streams Monday through Friday on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. We have a lot to talk about tonight, but I do got to make an announcement first. Uh, Xander Berkeley will not be joining us tomorrow because of a scheduling issue with work. He will be joining us at a later date. Uh, so he will be joining us, just not tomorrow. So I want to let everybody know uh, he will be coming on at a later date. So just want to, you know, let everybody know that information. Tonight we're going to be reviewing the latest Fear the Walking Dead episode. And damn, I mean, it reminded me something straight out of Hostel. That yes. that that room where they do the embalming uh, and Teddy makes Virginia look like Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. I mean, we only have seen him for maybe, what, five minutes of screen time. But you know how I always say Virginia showed the fear in her eyes and you knew that she was always afraid and always put up a front and an act. But this guy, Teddy, uh, he is definitely way off the bend. What do you, first of all, it's, uh, the actor's name is John, uh, John Glover, John yeah, Glover, very, very well-known actor. He, um, had a long stretch on Smallville where he played Lionel Luther, uh, incredible, perfect casting for this role. Cause he's very, uh, physically and he's physically non-threatening but just the mind psyche and how he works and how he thinks is very threatening. So that's a really great kind of casting on the producer side of the show. Uh, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be a force to reckon with. And it was very good. Like how you mentioned about hostile. I was kind of thinking about uh, day of the dead. Remember this was shot in an underground parking lot. So that's where they took refuge, which kind of reminded me, of how Day of the Dead was filmed underneath the caves and underneath the mine. So that was very good. And it was just, it, yeah, it's going to be a great couple of, sort of uh, episodes coming up just to see where this storyline with Teddy go. Obviously, he has a, um, a physical connection and an emotional connection with Alicia. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be great to see the two of them kind of bounce off each other because she's been kind of in the back burner this season. And I'm so glad to see her kind of come back on again because – She's the mother of the show. She's there since day one, and it's finally good that the show is actually making, you know, bringing her character back to recognition and kind of seeing her how she's gonna react with this uh, new group. So yeah, it's gonna be very exciting. It was it was a good episode. It was, it was it was very mind bending, which was great about it. It was, and I made a comment when we did uh, the last episode review of Fear of the Walking Dead how Alicia was really a backseat player, and right. the reason is uh, they've been holding her back for this storyline. They've been building this storyline up now for 11 episodes. Uh, from the very from the season premiere, we got to see the spray, you know, paint people. The end is the beginning. And we were clueless. Uh, now, obviously, why they're interested in Morgan, uh, uh, CC Weezy may have had a very interesting, and I think it's completely accurate, they want Morgan for that key. Right. And we still don't know what that key is. But well, 
I don't want to sound like a spoiler. I was reading an article prior to it coming on the air. There is, from what I understand, that group is planning a nuclear attack on the above ground. Oh. That's why they're very interested in the CRM. That's why they're very interested in the helicopter. Uh, from what I believe is that they're launching some kind of attack where they want to destroy the earth above and kind of start from below. That's why they mentioned that they want to close the doors for good. That makes sense. They're planning sense. something a little bigger. That makes it because I'm asking myself, okay, this is so unrealistic. They want to destroy life above. How are they going to do that? I mean, they're in Texas. They have no power to, like, destroy life in the other continents. And I'm like, how is that going to work? That makes perfect sense. Yep. They want nuclear access. And, yep. wow, I that never even crossed my sphere of thinking. But it yep. makes perfect sense. Uh, yep. They want the nuclear key. They want to nuke the world. Yeah, Talk. that's what that key is. And they and Morgan doesn't know what that is. So he's walking around with the fate of the world around his neck. And he has no idea that that's the connection. That So that's the connection between Morgan and between this group. They, they want that key. And once they get that key, then... But I, I don't think that Morgan knows what that is. I still no. think that they have no idea what that is. No, he so doesn't. He doesn't have an idea. Trust me. I mean, he just thinks it's a key. He's. I think he's wearing it around his neck. Right, right. And that leads to questions in that building in Dallas, supposedly, that they're hiding underground. Is that, that doesn't look like a regular parking garage that they took refuge in. Is right. it a bunker? That's true. We don't know yet. Is it a, It definitely has elevator access. It definitely has a space to be a parking lot, but it's a parking lot of what? Is it a hospital parking lot? Is yeah. it a warehouse parking lot? It could be anything. That's what makes it. We we won't know. So that's what that's that's another part of the beauty about the show. You know, it's always leaving us for a mystery. We probably won't find that out until closer to the finale and then towards the end of season six. I think that's where that'll get, that'll get revealed. I think this. Is, do you think it's a story that's going to drag on into season seven? I think so. Yeah, I think what too. they did is, and going back again to Virginia, I think the producers didn't want to drag on Virginia's story. And do a redeemable character like they did with Negan because they're like, we did it on one show. Yeah. Let's not do it on this show. And I think Virginia's arc kind of came to that end. Yeah. And, and June was a perfect character to kind of put her down because from day one, June was the only one that saw a glimmer of hope in Virginia. And the fact that Virginia let her down and the fact that she got John killed, she was the only person that I feel that had to put her down. Yeah. And it, it was, it was a, it was a great episode last week. I know we talked about it last week, but it was a great episode. All performances all around was amazing. And, um, yeah, I think her arc was done. I think Virginia was pretty much good to go. And now we have a bigger threat to deal with. And that's why I think Virginia was scared. I think she knew what this group was capable of. That's why she tried so hard to protect everybody. But um, apparently it, it, it got in her way. Wow. Wow. I mean, that just puts a complete different light on everything. And John Glover was amazing uh alicia and then wes finding out his brother is still alive and having to kill him in the same episode yeah uh it, that was just mind-numbing right there first of yeah. all when i was watching that scene between wes and his brother 
And this guy is obviously brainwashed by Teddy, right? The mm-hmm. way that Wes was able to persuade him so quickly, I'm like, wait, hold up. Something's not right, okay? Yeah. So when they were in that elevator and Alicia was giving him that look that, you know, what's in the bag? Why Why is this so easy so far? She knew right. something was off. Yeah. He set him up. Yeah. He set him up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And what do you think of Riley, played by Nick Stahl, who's, I'm glad he's back to work. Last time I saw him was in Terminator 3, and he did a couple of work here and there, but he's a great casting to play this role. He is. He was, he's a great, and uh, he's a great, I guess you would call him a sidekick to Teddy and all that. Muscle. But, he's the muscle, yeah. Yeah, but that zombie to the tree, you know, they're asking everybody, do you see it? And I'm like trying to take their point of view. And I'm looking at this thing. All I see is a dead person tied to a tree with vines growing up around him. Uh, but it just goes to show you the power that Teddy has into manipulation. See, I saw I saw a little differently. I saw life. That's what I saw. And that's what I think Teddy wants them to see. Right. That out of death, and we heard it throughout the whole episode yesterday... Yeah. That out of death, life springs eternal. Right. And That's what I think everybody was supposed to see. But the group was so focused on just... They're so used to seeing the walkers and the way they were so horrible and how destruction and what chaos they caused. They only saw them as death. They didn't see them as life. And even in the beginning of the episode when Riley said that you know the form the body decays in a couple of months and then they feed the, the skin to the chickens. And, you know, Alicia was like, well, is that safe? And he goes, well, that's been the beginning of time. That's yeah. what happens. You know, people die, they bury, you know, nature takes its course and with death grows life. And I think that's what the metaphor of that tree was, but they didn't see it that way because they're so used to seeing the walkers or the word they called them as posters, which yeah, I don't know what that means. They are going to let us know, and that's a great comment. Like, what? I mean, Compost, I maybe? I don't know. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no idea. I, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be something that I want to find out, because it's great how every group has a great little catchphrase for what we call the walkers and the zombies, and I think it's great that they come up. That's a new one. I never heard that one before, mm-hmm. so I'm really looking forward to finding out to see what their version of a poster is. <laughs> but I think that's with the tree. I think that's what they meant by that. I saw it as life remerging again. And the walker was, I think, um, like a significance of death, and from death comes life. Because a tree, to me, shows life. It lives on its own. It has, it gives us oxygen. It gives us sunlight. And I think that's what that meant. Yeah. But seeing it, and that's where the whole confusion was. It was great. It was a great episode. It was a kind. It was a good little, you know, kind of backhand metaphor that I thought was perfect for the show. Yeah, for that episode. This season of Fear so far, we're used, you know, over a decade now of the Walking Dead universe. Of course, every premiere, every finale is the big delivery, you know, what they've been winding up to. So we got the the finale, which was actually the mid-season premiere. Then we got season episode nine, which should have been the premiere. So I expected the last two episodes to go back into a build-up mode. It has not let its foot off the gas. No. Each episode seems to get, be getting better than the prior one. Yeah. And what they're also doing, which I like, is that they're giving each of the characters a great story arc separately. They're not uh, putting people on the back burner. They're showing us what's going on with Grace and with Morgan and um, with Sarah and... so. It's great that they're kind of 
everybody has a part. I except for Wendell. We haven't seen Wendell yet. No. He's somewhere. Yeah, he's alive. He's the, somewhere. He's a pop up. Yeah. And uh, it's with that whole nuclear theory. It's going to be really interesting to play out because once Morgan and the rest of the groups actually do find out what those underground people are trying to do, it's going to take everybody to a whole new level. Right. They're trying to, they, they are literally trying to extinguish all life on the surface of the right. planet and rebuild Which again, from it's below. Which again is such a shame because it, it just shows that humanity still is greedy and they still want to get on top. I mean, you're dealing with a, an, a worldwide zombie apocalypse, a disease that wiped out 80% of the world, and yet people who are surviving are still trying to get at each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. And it's funny because I was watching Independence Day earlier. It was on HBO, and it's the same concept. You know, aliens are attacking your planet, but yet that movie was so great because it united everybody because there's a greater threat than your neighbor now. Now you have something that's a complete different force trying to eliminate you, and it just shows how humanity still kind of always wants to get on top, always wants to be better than everyone, always wants to self-destruct and hurt and kill, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's still happening. And that's why I think another reason why the, the the Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead is so good is because it still shows how humanity breaks down and yeah. how evil they can still be without not having any government to control over them. And I'm sure, and I'm sure every fan who watches any of these three shows has, at least it's crossed my mind, why not find a way to nuke the planet and start over? Never did in my wildest dreams did I actually think the writers were to come up with a plausible scenario to make right. that happen. And right. it's just it's just crazy. And that also leads to the question, what was Teddy doing before the apocalypse? What's your theory on what he was doing? Was he a, well, was he a scientist? I think he was a scientist. I think he really was a scientist. I think he um he could have been a biochemist, he could have been a geologist, something to do with it, and, and it always takes one person to kind of, I don't want to say the word manipulate, but let's, let's use brainwashing yeah. to use earlier, to kind of take a group of people and make them believe that there's something better out there. And it happened through all the shows, it happened with, with Negan, it happened with Alpha, it happened with Virginia. It takes that one person to kind of bring the group together and, and, and make, you know, humanity, when humanity loses their hope and they lose their their sense of like, I have nowhere to go, you're looking for someone to guide you in the right place. Yeah. That's where it's happening with Teddy. I think Teddy's that character. It makes he's people that easier to brainwash. Yeah, he's going to be our, I would say villain. He's going to be our villain in the show coming up, but Let's just see where he goes. He might be more evil than everybody we put together because he wants to remember this. This, this man wants to destroy everybody. the living world. No one's gotten that far. He's yeah, gone. nobody. I mean, yeah, we've seen everybody throughout you know ten plus years who has their own idea of how life is going to restart. We have seen it throughout a decade now. You know, the governor had his plans. Negan had his plans. Alpha thought the, the world belonged to the dead now that's it we are not we serve them they don't serve us and now this guy is like he was probably like the way i envisioned teddy before the apocalypse he was this probably mad but brilliant scientist maybe a nuclear scientist or whatever and i always say the apocalypse is the thriving ground for 
psychopaths and crazy yeah. people. It's their playground. They have no yeah. rules to play by anymore. They can do whatever they want. And that's why evil people uh, like him and the governor and Negan, when we met him in seasons uh, six, seven, and eight, uh, it's their, their playground and they can do what they want. There's nobody really to hold, a, to hold them accountable. And that's where we have the protagonists come in, uh, like the Rick Grimes, even though he has done some pretty shitty stuff as well. Uh, they've all done bad stuff. There is no good or bad. Uh, but Morgan is legitimately just trying to keep his friends alive and just trying to give them a safe place to live out their life and possibly start something where they are at. And I got to give credit. Lenny James has been absolutely fabulous this year. Yeah. I mean, Lenny James just stands out so much. How? Let's go back a couple of episodes. Uh, how did you feel about John Dory being killed? Garrett Delahunt leaving the show. I, I thought it was a, a wonderful, poignant story to to his death. I found it just justifiable in a way. I was not expecting it to be Dakota. That was a shock to me. But that was also not a surprise for me as well. Uh, that scene when he washes up on the banks of the of the river and June thinks he's alive and you know she runs up to see him and then we kind of see a glimpse of him turning and just the expression on her face. I think that was a wonderful. It was just a beautiful death. And then once she puts the knife in his head and she she brushes his hair aside and kind of acknowledges that, that the fact that, you know, he's gone and so forth. It was, it was bad. And Garrett Dillahunt is such a great, mm -hmm. he was such a great actor in that role, just very loving. And, and, you know, he has such an incredible body of work that I don't, I'm he, he has that, a movie coming out here soon. Uh, he does. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got, he's, he's been, he's had his finger in everything that you've done. Even if you go onto his profile page, he's done television and, and comedy and horrors. And so, and he's, he's just amazing. I mean, we'll, we'll get him on the show one night. We'll kind of bring him out here and kind of discuss what he's doing and so forth. But uh, it was a surprising death. But, you know, with every episode, we we'll never know who's going to make it out of there. It's always sitting at the edge of your seat saying, okay, who's going to go? Who's going to die? Who's going to happen? So for the fact that a major character like that went, I wasn't surprised. But we, but I but we haven't seen went. that in a while in both shows. Yeah. We haven't seen that in a while. Who, uh, which character... Uh, did you start off this season being eh about that has really grown on you this season on Fear the Walking Dead? I have to give my hands on on two young ladies on uh, Charlie and uh, uh, Dakota. Yeah, Zoe Coletti and, yeah, and Alexa. Much they've grown. That's let's just put that out there. But I I have to go on their character. I think Charlie is amazing. I think she's a smart young woman. It looks like she received full redemption from killing Nick a couple of seasons ago, which I don't know if somebody would kill you. I don't know if I would have the heart to forgive them, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But Alicia, I mean, they, they dedicated a whole episode to those two. Yeah, yeah that was, um, I thought they were great too. Uh, I like to see a little bit more of um, Dwight. I mean, he's what well, he was one of my favorite characters when he first came on fear. He needs to do a little bit better him and, Sherry, you know, their romance has, I mean, they, they built up so much to kind of get them together that I don't know 
why she hasn't just either but i'm glad he let go he's letting go he's like if she's gonna come back it has to be when she's ready if she's yeah. not she's not exactly you know exactly. i like that part and i love and the bond time either you know I, lo yeah. I love the bond between Dwight and uh, Maggie Grace. Uh, Al. Yeah, love, yeah, they're great. I, and for a moment there, I thought they were going to actually pair them off, especially when they had that story arc um, in the tower in the building when they were together. And that was that was a great episode with the two of them together when they kind of outshined and the way they faked their deaths and all that. I really thought that they were going to bring them as a couple together. But Al was no. still hung up on that. Uh, what's her name? Isabel. Isabel. Is Isabel. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, and, and that was a great scene at the end of this episode when she saw the CRM pilot and she had to find out whether it was her. And then when she pulled up the mask and she, you saw that sign of relief that it wasn't Isabel. How happy she was that okay, good, she's still, it's not her. So it kind of gives her a glimmer of hope that Isabel is still alive. So that was that was a great storyline too. Everybody's kind of been doing. Everyone's everyone's been really imp impressive, and I love. Mo Collins calling um, Morgan Momo. That's hysterical. I wonder where she came up with that. Like whether she wrote that herself or whether that was something that, you know, Michael Satrazimus and Albert said, you know what, let's just write that in there and kind of see what it goes. But because, you know, Mo Collins is such a comedic actress and to see her in the role like that is just great. Yeah, she's amazing. Let me ask you a very broad Walking Dead universe question. Why is Scott Gimple really always throwing the CRM in Fear the Walking Dead. Why fear? I mean, well, I, well I'm, I don't I don't really see why fear. Yeah. Well, right now, what we notice is that with the crossover from Morgan and Dwight to fear, the universe now is time-linked at the same time. So it's a very good... I, I could see him throwing it out there because it's it's going on at the same time that... The, that a world beyond and the walking dead is going on. So yes, that's why they, they they're it's going to build up to something else because the CRM if you notice has their finger in everything that's going on. Even yesterday's episode, the CRM was again present when they found the uh maps inside of Yeah, that's what I mean. They keep throwing yeah. them back. And Al yeah. yesterday, she set out on a mission to find uh Isabel to warn her. Now, do you think the, even the CRM and all their capabilities, you think they have access to nuclear weapons that if the theory is correct, Teddy does, but they yep. don't? I mean, if they, if the CRM finds out, maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe they know that there is, uh, they were given information that the nuclear weapons are vulnerable and right. somebody out there could have right. the capability of launching them and literally blowing up the world. Now, remember, we also don't know whether the CRM is the one that has the nuclear bombs as well. No, yeah, we don't. We don't they know if they do. Remember, they were stolen. The key was founded by the bounty hunter that was looking for them. So when the season started, the key was already a major factor. Yeah. And the bounty hunter, what was the bounty hunter's name? Uh, shoot, I forgot too. Khaleesi should remember. <laughs> I forgot, but uh, that just brings up a whole. It, it just brings up a whole range of questions. Uh, I, I was asking myself, why does the CRM keep coming back to fear? Uh, why? There, we're going to find out why. Right. Uh, right. Eventually, I believe in season eleven of The Walking Dead. When that starts, we know we've heard rumors from earlier this year and late last year 
that uh, something is going to happen that's going to lead Daryl and the rest of them to go off in search of Rick. So I don't know if that's going to be CRM or some other things, but they're going to go off and uh, splinter from the Commonwealth because they're going to get a hint that Rick might be alive. And Saz, uh, of course, Saz, his name was Emile LaRue. Right. The bounty hunter. Played by Demetrius Gross. Yes. Great actor as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. And it's just, it's fascinating, like I said, how each one of these episodes just keeps getting better and better. I loved how they gave Wes a backstory yesterday. We got to see his brother. His brother was totally brainwashed. Alicia is just a flat-ass, I mean, she's just a badass. Yeah. I mean, don't mess with her. And no. why they would leave She's her, her mother's daughter. Yeah. And they left her in a room alone with a whole bunch of sharp objects. That's not very yeah, smart. Like, like, come on. That's not it's, very smart. And the like, guy's like, you can make this you can make this very easy. Get on the like you know she was holding they left her with knives and embalming yeah. equipment. Yeah, that, I knew that guy was dead very soon after yeah, she approached. That was, that, that was not smart on their end as well. But again, that's the, they don't they underestimate her. And that's the great great thing about her because they see her as this damaged girl, but little do we know how much she's been through and how, you know, she lost her whole family and this family is her new family now, and she's going to do whatever she can to protect them. She took Charlie on as a sister, and, you know, Morgan is kind of like a father to her, and, you know, Al and um, June are like sisters. You know, they yeah. this is her new family, and she's going to protect them as much as she can, you know, which is a great thing. So, And then we all know that uh, The Walking Dead is going to be in August this year. It's not yeah. going to start in October. August 22nd, I believe. is right. it's going to be an elongated season. So it's going to be great for us too. And I know this is off topic a little bit and we talked about this, but uh, Comic-Con is actually going to be happening in October this year in New York, October 7th through the 10th. As far as I know, it's not going to be virtual. They're going to open up the, they're going to raise the bands and try to get the, the panels on and so forth. And the San Diego Comic-Con, which technically was supposed to be going on this month, is now pushed to December. So they will both be on. But it is the first time that New York Comic Con will be on before San Diego, which is kind of weird. That is so weird. we'll kind of see how that's going to differ and so forth. But uh, they'll probably have their, their protocols in, and it's probably going to be about 25 to 30% occupancy as opposed to what it was last yeah. year. But it's going to still be a lot of fun. I think it needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, move, I mean, sticking with... Uh, Fear. Now, we got to see the main characters that were involved with Virginia, and that included Strand. Uh, of course, Morgan is going to be in every episode. He's the star of the show. But we, like I said, we did not see a lot of Alicia. Do you think now the story is going to shift to the other characters, like uh, Al, Alicia? Yeah. Do you think Alicia is going to stay with Teddy uh, for a while before she escapes or gets rescued? Yeah, he's going to hold on to her for, for a little bit. He's going. He's very intrigued by her. And obviously, you know that he knows who she is because he called her by her name. They've been so, monitoring them for a long time. Right. Yeah, I think the two of them are going to spend a lot of time together. I think she's going to probably be the hero of the arc that we're kind of seeing right now um, because he's going to be so invested in her in a way. And now here's the story. Will we kind of see Alicia 
humanizing and liking Teddy, or is she just going to stick to him just being a complete psychopath? Like, is she going to justify the reason why he wants to do what he wants to do? I th- to start the world all over again. I think it would be a very interesting plot point to where this girl who totally thinks right now that Teddy's a complete psycho, and he does seem like he's completely crazy, uh, that after spending time with him, he actually gets to convince her and she's caught between Morgan uh, and their group, and she starts actually kind of believing Teddy right. and his group, and that will put her in a dilemma, right. and that yeah. will be a great uh, continuation of her arc as a character, because right now, we've seen her, she started off Fear the Walking Dead, she was like a whiny teen, my brother ruined my life, and to where she is now, but you can't just keep her there you got to keep the character progressing you got to keep the character growing and i think this would be a great opportunity to take alicia and put her in a bind where she has to choose morgan and them if she really does start believing teddy and his way of thinking you know because her arc it has to go somewhere it's i i think it's it's gone through the normal arc but you always got to keep a character moving. You can't keep right. them stagnant. Right. You know? uh, yeah, I agree with you. You yeah. know, or else they're just going to lose interest and fans are just going to grow tired of that. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, they're, they're repeating the same storylines over and over again. And and I think that's the reason why what I said early before is that they ended Virginia's storyline because it's like we don't want her to be – we don't want her to be redeemed. There's no. no reason why she needs to – you know, she's evil. That's done. Let's get away with it. That's dead. She's evil. She's done a lot of bad things. Let's just get her away. Same thing with the governor. You can't redeem the governor. No. Negan, you can redeem him because there was a lot of storylines and a lot of characters that relate, you know, like with Carl and with Maggie. You know, they have to be sorry. But Virginia to me was just like, okay, you know, this, this girl, she's got to go. And plus Dakota I think is going to come – She's going to blossom on her own as a major st- a character. I think yes. she's going to be, yeah. I think she's going to have a lot of story coming up soon. There's a lot of things going on in her in her head that she was part of, being in Virginia's group that we're going to kind of get to find out as the story progresses with her. And I think as this yeah. season goes on, I think uh, Dakota's uh, role in really helping because she needs something to redeem herself. Uh, right. for what she did and yeah. i think she'll probably get the opportunity as the season progresses maybe she's going to be the one that saves alicia or right. saves the group saves somebody but she definitely she right now as you notice since virginia has died the little bits that we've seen of her it's like this big weight has been lifted off her shoulders Right. She's a different person now. She's like, right. huh, I can start living now. My right. the person that's been that I hate that's been holding me down is gone. I can right. be myself now and actually help and contribute and not have to be on guard and be a killer. Because her whole focus has shifted, her whole attitude has shifted. So I think Zoe Coletti, who plays Dakota as this continues, is going to become a big factor and she is gonna end up earning everyone's redemption. Even June, we know, does not blame her for John. She blamed Virginia, even though Dakota was the one that pulled the trigger. Now, how do you see Jenna Elfman, who plays June, do you see that she's just going to take a back seat for the rest of this season? 
No, not at all. I think uh, that scene at the end of the prior episode when she put on John's hat and, you know, I think we talked about this off camera and she walks off. I think that shows the audience that this is a completely different June that we're looking at right now. She's not, she's still a nurse and she's still human, but there's a rough edge to her. And we also haven't seen any scenes between her and Zoe Coletti yet. So I'm very Ooh. curious to see how they're going to interact knowing that's what, now this is what happened. Because remember, we saw these scenes earlier in the season when we first saw that episode with Alicia and Charlie when they were stuck in that house during the, the storm, hurricane. Yeah. yeah, that was great too. So I want an episode where that happens with Dakota and June. Because there has to be sort of, that has to be talked out. There has to be a way that Dakota has to apologize and June has to forgive her. And I think that's going to be an episode that the two actresses are going to really kind of work hard on. And it's going to bring a lot of tears, I think, to a lot of fans once that happens. Because June is, is a wonderful lady. She's great, but she's also a badass. Yeah. You know, the women on this episode, we've got, to, we've got to tip the hat off to the women this episode. They are tough women in this season. They're all amazing. You know, from Luciana, which we saw from season three, and from Al, and from Sarah, and... You know, Alicia, I mean, these are tough girls. Badasses, and yeah. Definitely kick our ass if we were in the bottom. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what, hey, that's it and so forth. And that, that that's what I think it makes it, you know, the show so great that they're enforcing and they're empowering these women to be leaders. And that's, and that's one thing about fear that I always love because the protagonist was always Andrew Lincoln from Walking Dead. But from Fear the Walking Dead, it was always um, Kim Dickens who played Madison that she was our fear she was our star, our strong mm -hmm. woman. And I think the show has kept a strong, positive female force since that first episode up until now. And they're going to, then they're going to, which is great. Yeah. Now, as far as Victor Strand, I I'm so glad that the nice, let's save everybody, Victor Strand is gone. And we have somebody who is not bad, but can sort of be himself. And I like that he's running Lawton, okay? He did do the right thing. He did turn on Virginia. I do believe that a lot of that was pure selfishness. He knew that her time was not long, and he saw there was going to be a vacuum, and he wanted to be the one to fill that vacuum. So he executed his plan perfectly. Uh, obviously, uh, if this nuclear theory is correct, we're going to see Sherry's group. We're going to see the Lawton group. We're going to see Morgan's group obviously come together to fight this threat to their existence. But beyond that, I, since Strand was so crucial in the first half of season six, I think he's sort of going to take uh, kind of a backseat to the latter half. Well, yeah, he's he has to make sure that uh, the people that Virginia left behind are protected because yeah. he, became a, he became their leader without him wanting to be their leader. I think he feels that he needs to step up and protect. Because remember, when Virginia died, she left a, a group of people that were still yeah. there. You know, there were there were settlers and farmers and and you know librarians and and there were people that built a community, and that needs to also thrive as well. He just can't turn around and say, "Ah, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm, you guys are on your own. I'm gonna go there." And I like that Victor kind of shows a little responsibility because from the day the time he got on the show, he was always about himself and yeah. and self centered and. And just kind of like blasé about everything. And and I love the little chemistry between him and Ruben Blades, who was just, I mean, he's amazing, this man. You know, and, yeah, you, 
Daniel can't do wrong by me. Anything that Daniel does is I always kind of hold my breath. I'm so glad they gave him his own episode last week. And uh, I felt so bad for the character of Daniel because Ruben is amazing in portraying Daniel when he was breaking down as he was getting on that horse uh, because he was leaving because he didn't feel he's safe, not for himself, but for the people around him. Everybody else, yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what... I mean, Ruben Blades is just phenomenal as Daniel. Yeah. And this guy literally has nine lives. He's been shot in the face. <laughs> yeah. He survived a fire. Yeah. I he like. found Skidmark, which I was very happy. They found Skidmark for Skidmark. him, too. So. Yeah. He got Skidmark back, which is great. You know? And, and it's quick. And uh, do, we know, do we know who Grace's baby daddy is? No. No, we don't. I don't think so. Yeah, storyline right there somewhere. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't think we do. Uh, but th- I mean, just that episode last week and Daniel's arc, I think it's just been great. Not just in the last, not this season, but since the beginning of this uh, show. I think Ruben yeah. Blades, uh, when the show was going through some really rough patches with the story, he's the one that really kind of kept it afloat. Yeah. Enough for them to get to this point. provided the the humor and the humanity that we have in in the character. My favorite episode of his, I think it's going to go back to the first season finale when he lets the walkers out of the school, remember? And he's kind of casually walking towards the middle, smoking the cigarette, and the officers are like, hey, what's what's going on, old man? You better stop or I'll shoot. And he goes... You need to save your bullets because you're going to need them. And then all of a sudden, like the camera cuts back and you see those walkers. That was that to me. I was like, yes, this is somebody that's going to be a force to reckon with because he used that. That was just that was my favorite scene of him till now. That's that's just the best part of like when he kind of comes in. That was a great shot. So we know it with Fear the Walking Dead, starting with season four, the they cleaned house. They brought in new showrunners. Uh, Michael Satrazimus became an executive producer. They introduced us to a whole new cast. Uh, do you think that they were just building this slowly? Because we know how the Walking Dead universe likes to do the slow burn. So we can Hi. really become attached to these characters. Do you think they had what's going on now in season six? in mind when they were introducing us these characters in season four or it's just something that built and you know we got to know them and they got to season five and they're like okay what are we going to do for season six and it all just clicked together or do you think they had a master plan from the beginning well i think they had some kind of an idea to revamp the show because while season four of the walking dead i'm sorry i fear the walking dead was airing that was the height of Walking Dead, which I think yeah. was season five or six. Yeah. And they just wanted to make sure that the shows were getting an equal amount of viewership. I think that's why they made the show a little more grimmer, a little more darker. Then they kind of put Lenny James over there to kind of take a character that was from the first episode of Walking Dead and bring him onto Fear. I think what the producers were doing, and I think it worked very well, was they want to bring the audience from Walking Dead or the fear. And I think that's what they did with season four. They kind of, I don't want to say clean house, but they just, they brought in more characters that are going to be able to bring in more diversity to the show. And also the fact that they time jumped at the same time, that also made it important because when fear the walking dead was on the first couple of seasons, 
Walking Dead was already years into the the apocalypse. Yeah. And I think it was kind of like, and I liked the beginning episodes of Fear. I liked seeing the beginning and how it started and how the civilization fell apart and people didn't know what was going on. Because remember, when Walking Dead started, we went right from the shooting, bam, five weeks into it, the world was done already. Yeah. We're like, and I, I particularly like watching zombie movies and zombie shows where the chaos is happening. Mm-hmm. I like that. Me too. That's why I like, I like Black it. Summer so much. Exactly. That's why I love Dead Set. Yeah. I love watching the world fall apart. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think happened in Fear. And, but I think a lot of fans that were so used to The Walking Dead and the storyline and the violence and, and the great shots with the walkers in the cities that they kind of let fear kind of surpass a little bit. And that's why I don't think it's getting what it deserved the first three seasons. I loved the first three seasons. I thought they were great, the building, the buildup and the story characters and so forth. And we got to see like little glimpses of the world falling apart when, you know, when the crew got to the hotel in Mexico and, and then they ended up in um, the military, and then they went to... Uh, That's oh, where I met uh, the Ottos, the, Troy Otto. Yeah. yeah. That. That, was, that, that was great. That was a great storyline, but we needed to see that. Yeah. And then once we got that and we saw that, then they're like, okay, let's bring the universes together and blend them. And I think once Lenny James crossed over and Emilio, uh, Austin Emilio crossed over, it's like, okay, now they're in the same world. Now they can kind of take fear and kind of do... What they want to do with it. Yeah, I will. But, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, especially now more than ever. Right now, Fear is a better show than The Walking Dead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those six episodes of Walking Dead that we saw the anthology series, honestly, guys, and don't hate me, fans, for saying this, I could have lived without them. Uh, except for that Morgan one, that was really yeah, good. Uh, the Morgan one, no, I, I like the no the not the, Morgan. The J- sorry, Negan, Negan, the yeah. Negan one. Yes, that yes, I I agree with you on that. Yeah, that last episode. That had to have been told because we needed to see where he started from. But the, the Carol and Daryl and, you know, Matt, yeah, it's you know, all their friends. It's like, you know, they're going to love each other till the end of time and they're going to be mad at each other. They're going to fight and they're going to make up. and Yeah, it's just like, but that Negan story had to have been told. And Hillary Burton, who played his wife, was great playing Lucille. Yeah. I mean, that was just a story. And we got to see Lindsay Register again, which is that nice. That was so, so cool. Was, yeah, that episode, that that was a great episode. They could have just done that, and we're like, okay, I'm happy with it. You I know? loved how they ended it as Negan goes back to Alexandria. He looks at Carol. You know, you can send somebody from my stuff. And he just gives um, Maggie that sly, sly yeah. smile. He's like, listen, if you're going to take I'm me staying. out, let's do it. D- yeah, do I'm what staying. you got to do. Okay. But I'm not dying out there in the woods. Right. right. You know? And he also loves you know he loves judith he's grown a bond with judith right there and you know he loves um uh oh my god lydia yeah so he's building this relationship with these young girls as you know like he's he sort of see them as as daughter father figure so yeah he's gonna be uh, i mean again jeffrey d morgan like we talked about this before i didn't like him the first season he came on the show he redeemed in my heart as as time went on because there was stuff that he did that was relatable like he got it he knew what was going on and you could see in daryl's expressions but he's afraid because he knows what negan has done i think daryl is really really kind of is pulling for negan uh even though he won't say it because he knows especially to maggie who you know negan killed her husband but you could tell by you know, his remarks, nothing's been decided yet. Trying to play both sides of the fence. 
knowing that, you know, if it wasn't for Negan, they, the Whisperers would have probably wiped them out yeah. if it wasn't yeah. for his help. So it puts him in a kind of a tough spot. Now, I'm going to give you how I think the scheduling is going to work out between three shows. After the Fear of the Walking Dead ends, okay, we're going to get a little hiatus from all the Walking Dead shows. August 22nd, we're getting uh, the beginning of The Walking Dead. Now, what I think is going to happen, it's going to be 12 episodes, right? Uh, 12 episodes and then another 12. I think we're going to get six episodes at the end of August that will take us into the beginning of October. Then, I think in October, we are going to get World Beyond. Right, where Comic-Con starts. Yeah, we're going to get World Beyond. Uh, I think we're going to get all 10 episodes in a row. Okay? And then, we're going to see the last six episodes of The Walking Dead. And then, a year from now, next summer, is when we're going to see Season 7 of Fear of the Walking Dead. Yes. I think that's a perfect way to keep, you know, the universe kind of year-round with all three different shows. And I think what will happen is if they're projecting for August 22nd for, for Walking Dead to start, that's probably going to put the first six episodes right at the weekend where Comic-Con starts, October 7th. Yeah, yeah. So I think that episode, the last finale, like the mid-season finale will probably air that Sunday that comic and so I'm sure the cast will be in New York as well. Yeah. So that's that's where I have a feeling. And then I think premiere uh World Beyond will premiere right after that. Like they did with like they did that last year as well. So uh, I mean do you think because the CRM is so prominent in Fear of the Walking Dead as well as World Beyond, do you think we're gonna get any kind of crossover, even though they're in completely different parts of the country, World Beyond is in upstate New York, Fear is in Texas, you think we might get any kind of crossover? Oh, absolutely. And remember, the CRM has quarters in three parts of the country. Yeah. There's no reason why they're not, you know, remember, we're not seeing one CRM. We're not seeing one branch. They're they're, they're spread all over the country. So they definitely have their fingers in Texas. They, they definitely have their fingers up in Virginia, where we are. They're, they're everywhere. I mean, they they are. They're, 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 they're yeah, they're everywhere. You think That's we're going to see the character of Isabel again on any of the shows? I, I, that's a good Sydney, question. Sydney Lemon, right? Yeah, Sydney Lemon, yeah. That, that's a good question. It, I don't know. I'd like for her to kind of come on as like a finale or like a cliffhanger between her and Maggie Grace's character. She might end up being... That was her voice fun. earlier this season where with the beer on the rooftop. She right. She was in the credits. Right, so she is alive. So as far as we know, yeah. she is she's somewhere. But that's going to be a great story to kind of keep us in suspense, where you know will Al find her love or something and so forth. So yeah, I, it it's just we don't we'll know. See. We gotta. I'm, I'm sure Gimple has a master plan uh, for all three shows moving forward. Uh, I know, I know. Michael Satchezimus is very hush hush about that, so it's yeah. not like we can ask him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody. I mean, it's very tight lipped over yeah. there. You're not, you're not going to get anything. Um, <laughs> I, moving beyond the universe, in the last few minutes, I'm really looking forward to this tales anthology where they can go anywhere and do anything. What yeah. is the one thing you want to see in an episode anthology of the Walking Dead universe? 
There's so many. We've got Glenn. Yeah, that's... You could go anywhere. There's so... I mean, throughout the, over a decade now, there have been so many loose ends. Not loose ends, but... I'd like to find out what happened to Heath. Well, you know, there's... We, and we won't know, but Heath very, very well might come back in the movies. Yeah. I'd like to find out what's going on with with Jadis and what's going on with Rick because she's another one, a great character that just kind of took off. You know, will I'd like to see, and you know what, this is going to sound weird. I would like to see some relationships building with characters because even though the world is not what it was, humanity still needs to, to love, yeah. feel love. I'd like to see some relationships blossom. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see a love interest for Aaron and I'd love to see somebody come into Carol's life and, you know, I can't wait until, uh, oh my God, Lauren Ridloff comes back. Connie. Connie comes back with Daryl. I really want to do that because I want to see some, I'm sorry, I want to see some romance. Yeah. I want to see the characters kind of be, build in their humanity. I yeah. mean, now that they, they build Rick and Michonne, but now they're gone. So I kind of feel like soap opera's biggest couple is gone. Yeah. So we need yeah. something to come on the show to kind of give us a little bit of hope and humanity. While we're they're still dealing with with the walkers and the zombies and so forth, yeah. so yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to see a little romance. <laughs> I want to see the characters build more together. To wrap up, to wrap uh, up. because we're almost out of time, going back to fear, we only have uh, this was episode eleven, so we only have like five episodes left. Do you think we already lost John Dory? Are we going to lose another major character before this season's over? I think we're going to lose a minor character. I don't think a major character is on the downfall. Do you think, I, I, I do you think, and this, this, I hope this, does, but do you think, uh, right now, I think Alexa, Charlie, played by Alexa Neeson, is vulnerable. Do you think yeah. that might? No, I think we were, I think the show kind of shocked us when they took uh, Dor- Tara off the plate and when they also killed Enid. Yeah. So, no, I think they're going to keep her around. I think I think the show the showrunners know how great Alexa is and how great they can take her storyline. And, and I, also, it really brings in a younger audience as well. Right, exactly, exactly. And um, you know, we can also and also brings in younger girls, a younger female audience, which is important because you know, again, going back to early, that's it's, it's important for that show to feel that women are empowered, and I think that's one of the things that will keep them. So I don't know who'll go. I don't mind seeing Sherry going. You know, I'll be honest with you. That group to me is, I think they're going to be this spendable when the yeah. when the show kind of gets to the climax. Yeah, they they've been given the name from the media as the rejects, Virginia's rejects. Yeah, so I don't know whether I don't see anybody really thriving from that group to kind of like, oh yeah, I'm going to call join and so forth. So and we'll get to see what happens. Part of the show is not knowing where, like when. Gary, Gary Dillahunt, and that was a shock to yeah. me. That was like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> right. And uh, that was kind of like, oh, my God, I can't see that. That was like the episode with the stakes, you know, with the, the heads on the spikes. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, my God. Well, but, you know, uh, you got to do something with Sherry. You brought back Christine Evangelista. You can't right. just bring her back and have her be this, I don't know, I don't want to be with you, Dwight. I'm not ready. I don't want to, I don't belong here. She's all messed up. She doesn't know what to do right now, okay? She obviously was using Virginia as a surrogate for what Negan did to her. Now Virginia's dead, and she's just completely lost. So I'm assuming the writers, the uh, the production, they brought Christine Evangelista back, who plays Sherry, 
for a, a purpose, a role. Right. For something bigger than what they Just are. Just right yeah. now, I don't see what that is. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. It's, 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 they have to do something. Yeah, exactly. They have to bring her together. They're either going to separate her with Dwight or they're just going to kind of... I really don't see her and Dwight getting back together. Me either. They didn't, they didn't get back together in the comics uh, right. after that whole thing. Uh, and then we know Rick killed Dwight uh, because Dwight blamed Rick. Rick actually killed Sherry. Dwight blamed Rick. And then uh, Rick had to kill Dwight in the Commonwealth because Dwight was about to start an uprising. That's right. how it played out in the comic books. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, you bring back Christine Evangelista, you must have a plan for her. Yeah, exactly. You didn't just bring her back just so she can reunite with Dwight just for one episode. Right. And then have them go their separate yeah. ways. Right, yeah. So there's still a lot to see. The The showrunners have said that the rest of the season was going to be dark. Yeah, you know, you expect words like that, and sometimes you're disappointed. But I got to say... There were it is it is a very dark show right now. They yeah. are not disappointing, yeah. Um, in terms of story, characters, gore, guts, walkers, they're giving us a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I said that it's 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 definitely not disappointing. No, definitely not disappointing. No, it's gonna go strong, and I'm very happy for them. I'm very happy that Fear. It's taken six seasons, and they've been on and off there have been some great seasons there have been some off moments but there has not been a single episode in 11 episodes so far in season six that has been a bad or boring episode so i, I am very very excited to see what the remaining five episodes uh have to offer since the last time we've been on obviously we've seen a lot of movies what horror movie would you give our viewers a recommendation to watch right now um, well, it's funny because I, I watched one the other day called, uh, Ghosts of War. Um, it's got, uh, Brendan Thwaites, Billy Zane, Kyle Gallner. It's a great film about these American soldiers that are left to patrol a mansion during World War II. And they find out that the mansion is possessed by a family of ghosts that were killed by Nazis excellent film very bloody very violent it's got a great little twist in the end that kind of i think you and i talked about mm -hmm. that will people go oh, so forth yeah. um excellent. i've been watching the series uh movie called the mortuary collection i've heard uh, of that yeah clancy brown plays a mortuary that um has a, a house and a young girl comes in and it kind of tells the story of how people died but it's really good it's, it builds up there Again, Clancy Brown is another great actor, too. His character actor has been around a long time. The Resort is another film that I saw, which stars um, two American couples hear about a folklore about this haunted resort and an island in Hawaii, and they somehow pay a helicopter pilot to take them over, and they get stranded there, and they end up meeting the ghost of the girl with a half face. Hmm. Short film, pretty good, but it goes right from the beginning to the middle to the end. Also very good. The, uh, we talked about the beach house yeah. again. Slow, but I'm a huge fan of Jake Weber, so he was in there as well too. Um, pretty excellent film. But uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I've been just kind of catching up on horror films. I know that there's a great film on Netflix that you talked about with Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, uh, things heard and seen. That you know, we right. did an. I just want to say, guys, we did a whole article on that last week. 
on how it split the internet. I saw the movie this past weekend, and I absolutely loved it. If you have Netflix, check out things uh, heard and seen. It's really an amazing movie. It does star Amanda Seyfried. Uh, It actually has a, a nice cast. They all did an amazing job. So I definitely recommend you guys, if you're looking for something to watch on movie night, go ahead and check that out. Anyway, we are out of time. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Marco, thank you so much for being our guest as, as our executive producer. We always love to, to hear your input on horror and everything beyond. Uh, we'll be back. Like I said, guys, uh, we have to reschedule Xander Berkeley. He will not be with us tomorrow. We'll let you know as soon as we get a new date. But definitely keep your ears open for that. Go to our website, deadtalklive.com. If you want to be a part of our live audience, you can watch us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter, Monday through Friday, every night, around between 9.30 and 10 p.m. Eastern is when we usually start. Any last thoughts you want to share before we go? No, just uh, thank you again for having me on. Always a lot of fun. You know, you and I can sit and talk about horror movies all day. There's no, there's, there's no time. In we the have day been that, all that, our that, lives. So, <laughs> yeah, we have all our lives. So hopefully we'll do this again. And um, I, you know, just look, looking, look forward to a lot of guests coming up. And we're all working here very hard to bring you the best entertainment possible. And um, try to go to Comic Con if you're in the East Coast. It's going to be something you'll never regret because I, it's, I've been to it a couple of times. It's, it's amazing. Hopefully we'll get to go. I got my fingers crossed. And besides that, guys, just uh, stay walking and stay safe out there, please. That's right. And there you heard it from Marco. Until tomorrow, guys, stay walking. Good night. Good night.